It is time for midday here on this August 19th. It's a Wednesday. Glad to be a part of your day, wherever you may be listening. Jason Jorgensen will have sports here in just a moment. Bob Brogan as well for the business report. Give us a preview. But as always, we have to start with the farm team and our own Susan Littlefield, who is working remotely. And Susan, we'll start with you and uh, take it away. Thanks, Tyler. Here's what's set to come up on midday on this Wednesday from the farm team. I'm going to kick it all off at 12.19 as I speak with Brett Brueggemann. He's going to talk about the cloud for Winfield and how this new software collaboration is going to be a boost for those in the ag industry. Alex will step in at 12.45 as she talks with Blake Kirkhoff. He's from Hardy, Nebraska, was selected as one of four students in the nation to be a finalist for the FFA American Star Farmer Award. And then Alex will wrap up 117 with a name for the highly anticipated hotel and construction at Nebraska Innovation Campus was revealed yesterday. And... It's called the Scarlet. That's a look at the midday from the farm team. Yeah, that hotel looks pretty sweet. Uh, it'll be right there on Innovation Campus. Of course, we have a studio down there, so that'll be very interesting. And from the renderings that we have on our website, you can check that out at krvn.com. It's going to be a very, very nice hotel. Thank you very much, Susan. Well, Jason, how about sports today? Uh, we have high school right around the corner. We do. It starts tomorrow with some high school softball games. Also, there. There continues to be a flicker of hope. People just do not want to accept that there will not be a Big Ten college football mm-hmm. season. But there is a, a story out there that's trying to gain legs. We normally do not like to report on rumors, but uh, who knows? It'll be very interesting to see what transpires. Here's my thing. I, I, it's very hard to imagine that there's going to be any kind of fall athletics happening in college. Just because you keep seeing every day more and more colleges working, right. not working, uh, having school remotely, classes remotely. So at that point, you're basically saying, hey, football players, you're now essential workers and you have to be on campus. But if, they wanna, but if you stop to think about it, if they really want to keep everyone safe enough mm-hmm. to play a season... Going remotely is not a bad idea. And that part I definitely agree with. And the points brought up by head coach Scott Frost last week, or whenever that was, about they'll be probably safer on campus, he's 100% correct. They kind of will have their own little bubble, and we've seen in pro sports the bubble works. Yeah, it does. Uh, But they're talking about a Super 6 or a Breakaway 6 contingent in the Big Ten, Mm. and then they would play a home-on-home series. There'd be 10 games. Uh, Ohio State apparently is really steering this. Although, with the 10 games I've seen, I don't know if Nebraska wants any part of that. I'm interested to see the schedule. I know you'll have more on that. Also, uh, very interesting, of course, if Ohio State's getting you know behind it, mm-hmm. then things seem to happen. Oh, yeah. That. That, no talk of kicking them out of the Big Ten. Just when Nebraska peeps up. Correct. Very good. Uh, Bob is in here for the midday uh, business report. I know you're, you got your uh, headsets working now? I do You're have are fumbling it around. Yes, the cans are working. Okay, all right, very good. What do you have for us? Indexes are mixed in trading on Wall Street. The S&P 500 is edging higher a day after it wiped out the last of its losses created by the pandemic. Also, Apple is the first U.S. company to boast a market value of $2 trillion just two years after it mm. became the first to reach $1 trillion. So... They've got a few bucks stashed away, I guess, or at least a lot in their infrastructure. All right. Thank you very much, Bob. It's 11.44 here at KRVN. Tyler Cavalli along with you. It is now time for our 
Regional Ag Weather, which is brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation, your Ranky dealer. And, of course, Scott Foster is back in, double duty today. And, well, Scott, we're not seeing as much precipitation as what we saw this time 24 hours ago. But uh, certain areas in Kansas and uh, in Nebraska, it's a little rain. Yeah, you know, that's just kind of where we are right now. We've just kind of in this pattern of uh, chances for some scattered thunderstorms and stuff like that. Really barely even thunderstorms. There are just some showers popping up here and there. Um, It's expected a little bit more in the western part of the state today, uh, but uh, it's really a fairly fairly nice day again for us. And not too hot right now, and I don't think it's supposed to get all that hot today. You know, it does feel, though, I I noticed this yesterday when I was out there for a little walk, it does kind of have that fall feeling a little bit. I know it's warm outside still, but I kind of got that vibe a little bit, if that makes sense. And I think it's where the sun is right now, too. That, too. That plays a role in it. But, yeah, I'm looking outside right now, and it does. It looks looks like fall. So, and, and, and maybe... Maybe not, but for softball tomorrow, that'll be all Good right. Good point. It'll be a little cooler for that. It's I'll be inside a press box anyway, so it should be fine. It doesn't It doesn't I'm matter. pampered. I <laughs> need the press box. <laughs> the uh, dew points comfortable across the, across the region, too. We're looking at some 60s in central Nebraska, but even York, uh, that area where the, it seems like it's always very humid, not so bad today, dew point is at 63. Limited thunderstorm chances will be the main forecast challenge in this near term and upper level disturbance currently over the idaho panhandle will slide east across southern montana today emerging over nebraska and northeast wyoming and into nebraska and the black hills by early evening as this feature interacts with a surface trough off to the west of the uh, forecast area the threat for thunderstorms initiation will increase and this activity will then track southeast into western portions of the forecast area this evening. As for the threat for severe storms, it appears relatively limited at this time. There is ample shear to support severe storms, however. The timing will be in the evening hours after some maximum instability is reached in the late afternoon hours. Now, that being said, which has kind of been the watchword over the last few days, that being said, thunderstorms timing would favor a limited severe threat, mainly over the far western parts of Nebraska, and the threat for storms will diminish overnight with the mainly dry conditions then coming back into the forecast on Thursday. Let's take a look at our DTN Ag weather forecast. Calls for only light precipitation over the Midwest during the next week. This is unfavorable for filling row crops. Seasonal to below normal temperatures will ease dryness impact somewhat. Rain chances increase in the 10 to 14 day time frame. However, amounts are variable. Temperatures turn higher in the next week as well. As we look at very look at the southern plains, very little rain is in store there over the next week. The drier trend, along with very warm conditions, will be unfavorable for summer crops in need of some late-season moisture. There are also questions about the soil moisture supply ahead of uh, the winter wheat planting. In the northern plains, crop areas are mainly in a dry pattern through the end of the week. Temperatures will generally be above normal. The warm and dry pattern is favorable for spring wheat and small grain harvests. However, dryness is leading to a loss of pasture for late summer livestock grazing 
And we talked about this before, grasshopper damage is an increasing problem in western sectors as well. In the Delta and southeast, the Delta is having very little rain during the coming week. The southeast has a better chance for precipitation. However, rain will focus on coastal areas. Up in Canada, the Canadian prairies rainfall continues with a variable prospect in the next couple uh, days. Northern areas have moderate amounts in store. Southern sectors have mainly lighter amounts. There is no significant easing of dryness in southern sectors, particularly in southern Saskatchewan. Across Europe, two storm systems will continue to produce showers over the course of the week, offering some improvement in summer crop conditions. Drought and heat have reduced yield prospects, notably in France and Germany. In the Black Sea region, western Ukraine has light to moderate rain forecasts through the end of the week. Other sectors will be dry with only light amounts. Drier areas will have favorable wheat harvest conditions. And finally, in Australia... Wheat areas in western Australia, New South Wales, and Victoria have light to moderate rain. The five-day forecast, other crop areas will have uh, limited activity. I took a look at the uh, drought map just recently before I came on the air, and really in pretty good, decent shape, except for the panhandle of Nebraska, where there's some pretty good. And you've mentioned that, seeing that uh, on your drive. It is uh, really dry. We were out there moving some cattle this past weekend, and it was you just so much dust. Yeah. It's just so much dust. You need a, a rain shower here a couple of times a week just to at least knock down the dust right. and make it not so dusty. And, of course, to help the, the prairies as well. The pastures are extremely dry. Right. and I've heard a lot of uh, uh, people back home as well say that there's been a couple of fires that have been started. Oh. By lightning, of course, or something else, and then it doesn't take much to grow because everything is just kindling yeah, at that point. So It's rough right now, that's for sure. So hopefully some rain in the near future. Uh, for more weather, where can you find that at? You can go to the weather tab at caravan.com. Thank you very much. District. Modern technology is always finding different ways to help out the producer. And with the cloud and wind field, it's a new opportunity. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Brett Brueggemann is the Executive Vice President for Lando Lakes and President of Lando Lakes Crop Inputs and Insight Business, Winfield United. As we talk about how they're partnering with Microsoft and how this partnership is going to impact not only farmers, but those in rural communities. Yeah, thanks Susan. Microsoft Alliance has been really the right time and the right fit, and it it goes back to a pivot that we made in our strategy about 18 months ago with our our digital go-to-market strategy and said, how do we become more efficient and how do we work with alliances so we spend a dollar once? Um, No matter where you are in the channel, as you know, you know, with commodity prices where they are and the cost of regulatory going up and those types of things, it's just um, there's not as much slack. And so Microsoft helps us advantage our $7 billion of retail network in a way that um, we're excited about, and, and particularly in one spot, and that's around our artificial intelligence. Um, you know, we bring what I would say market access with our touching 50% of the acres from coast to coast. Um, we bring some agronomic tools, um, but what we don't have is, and we bring the data, I should say, the aggregated stack data. What we don't have is somebody that wakes up thinking about how to turn that data into insights, no matter what the industry. 
medical, education, whatever, and, and that's what Microsoft does. Um, and so it's it's a perfect match, um, and that's what we want to use again to advantage our, our retailers with their growers of tomorrow. So in some ways, I mean, what you guys are doing in, in utilization of what Microsoft does, and of course I think of the cloud and, and all the different things that they're going to bring to the table, is just going to open a portfolio of, of great opportunities for producers and, and your business folks. It really will. I think as a producer... Um, you know, what I hear our retail sellers say is they, the producer wants to embrace digital. What they don't want is multiple screens, thumb drives, and, and all the other pieces. They want things organized in a way that they can make decisions to reduce risk or increase predictability. And to do that, you need a muscle like Microsoft to help us in this particular area. And um, and it goes again back to how to steward those resources because they're, they're tight and they're scarce in this environment. So then how does the Climate Corporation work into all of this? Very similar back to, you know, what our retail sellers are saying as far as helping their growers to have an ecosystem-friendly um, tool that, that you know, has the APIs written on an open architecture approach and can take this aggregated data. And that's really where we think our, our competitive advantage is, is being the retailer that serves, you know, $7 billion worth of businesses. Having our retail owners take that aggregated data and make those decisions. What climate does is climate obviously brings in an, another level of what I would say user-friendly. Uh, they, they've invested in areas that allow the grower to see insights quickly, um, and particularly in combination with some of the things that we've done together with our answer plot insights. My conversation with Lando Lakes, Brett Brueggemann. I'm Susan Littlefield, the Grow Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports, and it's August 19th, and well, college football here in Nebraska still uh, maybe has a pulse. It's a flicker. <laughs> They're still having trouble accepting the fact that there will not be a Big Ten football season. Here's a story that's bounced around the last 48 hours or so. Reportedly, Ohio State wants to set up a 10-game home-and-home schedule starting in late September or early October. Iowa, Nebraska, and Penn State reportedly will go along with the plan. Now, OSU is working on convincing Michigan and Wisconsin to fall in the line and buck the Big Ten. Mm. Ohio State would need five other schools to go along to make this work. Now, who knows if this is true or not. But interesting to note, no one has stepped forward to quash this thing and say it's not at least a possibility. Now, if they're going to do this, they don't have a lot of time. No, they don't. So I would think if this is somehow going to uh, happen, you would have to have, you would know in a week or so, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess you could put it off a little bit. What's the hurry, I suppose? But before they'd kind of built in their schedule, then they had bye weeks to allow, if, you know, if a team had COVID or not. But uh, that's what's out there on the on the internet today. So they're trying to. It would be virtually a Big Ten schedule then, just a it home would. and home. Okay, all right. But if they push this through, not that this would hurt a lot of people's feelings. That would be the end of Kevin Warren. Uh, do would you, not be good. It's kind of like a school board that goes against the wishes of the superintendent. True. Just we'll keep everybody posted. Here's my question: With this being such a weird year, and obviously it never happened before, and hopefully it never happens again, why can't there be flexibility of 
certain schools saying, hey, we think we're safe, we are safe right now, let's, let's go play a different conference or make our own schedule. It's just a weird year, so I think you have to be flexible in these situations. If, But the other point of it is that's why you were in a conference. True. And you all stick together, and especially a You're conference that works True. the way that the Big Ten does. But I don't know. Weird stuff. It is, and it's weird how they've handled this. That's not the way I would have done it. After joining forces in most sports last year, Elwood and Eustace Farnham will be together this fall in football. First time is Highline. Last year, Bull schools made nice runs in the playoffs. The new head coach, Ben Spiegel, is excited about the year. Yeah, we have a lot of quickness on our team. Um, you know, if, if you're an outsider looking in at our program, you'll you see that both schools graduated a lot of talent off of last year's um, successful teams. But at the same time, when you're bringing both of those teams together, um, we're returning a ton of, of talent and a, a ton of kids that have seen a lot of, a lot of varsity time. Don't sleep on the Bulls. They could be pretty formidable this fall. And they made it to the quarterfinals last year in playoffs. That's a great speed. They were fun to watch. They really were. We did a couple games mm-hmm. last year. Terrific. Yep. Uh, Highline begins the season on August 28th at Arapahoe. And Gothenburg is the latest area school to announce that masks and social distancing will be in effect at home athletic contests. Masks and face coverings over the mouth and nose will be required at all time. Fans are also asked to social distance as much as possible. Only fans who are members of the same family should sit within six feet of each other. The home and visitor stands will be taped off with every other row, and the bleachers will not be available at softball games. It's a tough situation, but that's where we are. Just have to adjust in this uh, weird year and have to go from there. I had one parent kind of complain to me about it, and I said, Hey, do you want to play? And they're like, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> you have to go with the flow. have to respect each school because each school's going to yeah, do different And they will things. be a little different. So that's going to be very interesting. All right. That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Thank you very much. Doors are rotating here inside KRVN AM. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Now, Alan Simmons is joining me for KRVN News. And boy, in comes one person, out comes the other. <laughs> but here we go. It's smooth, though. We're, we're yeah. keeping things rolling here. And another busy day in news. And uh, we're talking college yet again. Yeah. So, as in person classes are set to begin on the five NU system campuses. Next week, a number of meetings and retreats are occurring on the various campuses to plan for the fall 2020 semester and beyond. Ted Carter, president of the University of Nebraska System, talks about what's on the agenda for many of those meetings over the past few weeks. I'm just struck by how open and candid the dialogue is. You know, we're very fortunate to live here in Nebraska. Our numbers are relatively stable. So, you know, my part of that discussion has been to say, you know, we got to make sure we understand what the facts are, let the science and the data inform us, and then those of us that are in the policy decision-making roles to make those policies. I would tell you right now today, it's probably 70% in person, 30% that's planned remote. And I think the faculty are ready to absorb and to be dynamically flexible to however it goes. UNL began the fall semester online on Monday, August 17th, the Lincoln campus, as well as all the other NU system schools will reconvene classes on Monday, August 24th, with students already moving in early on all five campuses. An Elmwood man has pleaded no contest to stealing from from the Custer County Trucking Company where he worked. The Kearney Hub reports that 34-year-old Raymond Walcott entered the plea and was found guilty earlier this month of felony theft. Prosecutors say Walcott 
forged Johnson trucking checks and deposited more than $6,300 into his personal checking account between May and August 2018. Walcott was originally charged with felony theft of more than $5,000, but the charge was reduced in exchange for his no-contest plea. A no-contest plea is one in which the defendant doesn't admit guilt, but acknowledges there is enough evidence to win a conviction. Holdridge Police Department received a grant from the Nebraska Department of Roads Highway Safety Office for selective alcohol overtime enforcement running from Friday, August 21st through September 7th, 2020. The Holdridge Police Department is eligible for up to $1,000 for overtime earned for the DOI enforcement. Officers will be working overtime during this time period for enforce to enforce alcohol violation in the community. In Nebraska in 2019, there were 212 fatality crashes with 248 fatalities. The release says alcohol was involved in 24% of fatal crashes, according to a media release. The release says Holdridge, Phelps County, had 124 crashes, 64 injuries, and one fatality in 2019. You can find more news at krvn.com. Thank you very much. Blake Kirkhoff from Hardy, Nebraska, was selected as one of four students in the nation to be selected as a finalist for the National FFA American Star and Agribusiness Award. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Blake. Blake, thanks for joining us. First of all, tell us a little bit about your SAE and what you've been doing. Yeah, so, uh, hey, thanks for having me, Alex. So, um, essentially what I do in my SAE is uh, custom uh, small square bailing uh, and large round bailing and essentially the whole process anymore. I started out just doing, like I said, a custom small square bailing, and then I was contracted to uh, sell some producers hay, some small squares for them, just to kind of keep the, the hay moving. So I had a job, a consistent job every year. And then it, it's grown over the last couple of years to uh, custom large round bailing, custom swathing. I do a little bit of uh, custom hay uh, seeding, like planting alfalfa in the, uh, in the fall. And if I'm not missing anything, I think that's, that's essentially what I do in my seat. So what got you interested in that area then? Yeah, so originally I wanted to have some sort of livestock, and I, I decided I wanted to have some sheep. And I just didn't have the equipment, you know, mess around with the big, big round bales. So I thought, you know what, small squares are probably the way to go. Well, I couldn't find anyone who had any for sale. And then I was like, you know what, I think maybe I'll just buy my own baler, and then maybe I'll put up some hay for myself, and then I can do some custom small square baling just to, you know, fill in the need in the market and then help pay for the baler. Well, I ended up buying a little more expensive baler than I was planning on, and at the same time, I sold the sold the sheep because it just wasn't really working out anymore. So then I kind of got into the full-time custom small square bailing. So it was kind of a roundabout way that it all got started, but, you know, since then, it's really it's grown quite a bit, and I really enjoy it. Blake, because you're selected as one of four finalists in the nation, uh, specifically for the American Star and Agribusiness, what sets your SAE apart from other people who, you know, do the hay and forage entrepreneurship route? Yeah. Well, I I really had an astonishing uh, growth in, in my size. I think the first year I was right around 50 acres, um, how much I custom small square bailed and, and was contracted to take care of. And then last year I was just over 1,400 acres, and I made just around 1,500 big round bales last year. And then this year, I'm, I think I'm on track to make, I don't know, fifteen or 1,600 acres of hay. And then I've already made 2,000 large round bales and, uh, let's see, 
almost 2,000 small square bales. So I've really grown quickly, um, and I, I feel like I've grown so quickly because I have a really um, keen eye for detail and trying to do things right every time and take care of you know, the customers and make sure I can get them the best product and, that I possibly can. And I think that's really helped me you know, grow so fast and so quickly. And it's, I think that's really what sets me apart is, you know, the attention to detail and then really the amount of growth that I've managed to accomplish in a relatively short period of time. So you've experienced this rapid growth in your operation in a short amount of time. Like you said, what have you learned in that time when you've been growing really fast? Yeah, uh, the relationships really make all the difference. Um, even if something bad happens, you know, if someone's hay gets rained on and from a pop-up shower or something like that, if you just keep in contact with them and, you know, make a plan and kind of keep them involved, that that really makes all the difference because they realize that you're not just there to, you know, get a check. You're there to help them be as successful as they can possibly be. And, you know, you're, yeah, you're there for the long haul, not just for, you know, two days out of the year when you make hay. And I think that's really what makes all the difference when you start getting that many clients is just maintaining those relationships, even if it, you know, requires you to be on the phone more. You know, now I'm on the phone all all day, it seems like. And when before I would make a couple calls every other week and I would take care of everything. But those relationships are really important in business. And that's something that I've definitely seen the value of uh, through my essay. Blake, as you look into the future, what are some things that you hope to be accomplishing with your business? Yeah, so I want to keep custom hang. Um, I'd like to maybe someday kind of start growing some of my own uh, forage or row crops or something like that. Um, that's just something I grew up with was being around that, and I'd really like to start doing that for myself. You know, I it's hard to say. I've I've really built this business to let me be fluid in, uh, you know, what I'm doing with the custom uh, hang, and it, it really has allowed me to do a lot of different things, and it's just, it's hard to say. You know, I've got a couple things in the works, so we'll have to see where all that stuff takes me, but should be interesting, though, nonetheless. We're visiting with Blake Kirkhoff. He was announced as a finalist for the American Star and Agribusiness Award. Blake, obviously you won't be standing on a stage when this award is announced, but what are your words of advice for those who are looking up to you doing what you're doing, saying that's where I want to be and that's what I want to do. Yeah. You definitely have to find a project that, you know, you enjoy doing even when it seems like it's going terribly, you know, because, you know, not every day is great. But if you if you buy into your goal or and you really think that it's something you want to do, it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier to get motivated when times are bad or, you know, something broke and it, things aren't going the way you want them to. It's just if you really enjoy what you're doing, it things will work out in the end. It just it just takes some more time. Very good. Blake, as we round up this conversation, is there anything we missed that you want to talk about? Um, I I don't know if we missed a whole lot. I just want to say that I'm super excited to be a finalist. And, you know, I've got a lot of people who have uh, supported me and given me advice throughout this whole process, and I really owe them a huge thanks. And to all my clients, you know, there's been a lot of people who have taken a chance on a 16, 17-year-old kid to come make their hay. And, you know, I really appreciate that they took that chance and let me prove myself because it's, it's really helped me out a lot. So I, I just have so many thanks to give out. I, just, I can't ever uh, get to all of them to thank them personally. But, yeah, just I have a lot of thanks and, and really excited to be a, a finalist in this competition. All right. Thanks so much, Blake. All right. Thanks.
Again, we've been visiting with Blake Kirkhoff. He's from the Superior FFA chapter, as he was just selected as one of four students in the nation to be a finalist for the FFA American Star in Agribusiness Award. From the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stock indexes were mixed in early trading on Wall Street. The S&P 500 is edging higher a day after it wiped out the last of its losses created by the pandemic and surpassed its February 19th peak. The market's momentum has slowed in recent weeks after it roared back from its nearly 34% plummet in February and March. It took the S&P 500 several attempts to break its record after pulling within 1% of the mark a week and a half ago. Apple is the first U.S. company to boast a market value of $2 trillion, just two years after it became the first to reach $1 trillion. Apple shares have gained nearly 60% this year as the company overcame the shutdown of factories in China that produced the iPhone and the closure of its retail sales amid the coronavirus pandemic. The company's hugely loyal customer base trusts its products so much that they continue to buy iPhones and other devices online while stuck at home. A new poll finds that the pandemic shuffled the deck for the so-called gig economy as fear of contracting the coronavirus led many who once traveled and shared vehicles to stay home and grocery delivery services struggled to keep up with demand from people who didn't want to risk stepping into a store. A new survey from the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy shows how consumer attitudes about using ride-hailing and delivery services have changed. It also highlights a wealth divide where Americans with higher incomes are able to utilize the services to help reduce their risk of infection. Target is reporting record sales growth online and at established stores over the past three months. Retail chain says online sales surged 195% and same-store sales spiked 10.9%. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rodro. The Scarlet Hotel is coming to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's Innovation Campus. I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. That branding was revealed yesterday for the first ever hotel that's being built on campus. Lincoln creative agency Archrival helped with the branding. Clint Runge is Archrival's managing director and he shared details of the branding package. When small town hospitality stages world changing leaders, you realize there is no place better to do great things. Our lobby mixes the smartest people in the world with its kindest. And each will stay here, dreaming on how to make things better. This is the essence of our brand. You'll see a global hotel. You'll feel Nebraska. Introducing the Scarlet Hotel. Inspired by Nebraskans, built by Nebraskans, but made for anyone who wants to experience Nebraska in a night. The Scarlet name pays homage, of course, to our alma mater, but to anyone here, you know that that color, you see it anywhere in the world, it is something that immediately unites us as a state. The Scarlet Hotel will be a six-story, 154-room facility. Among its many functions, it will be the home of UNL's hospitality, restaurant, and tourism management program. Innovation Campus Executive Director Dan Duncan shares what else this hotel will be bringing to campus. So, number one, it brings a hotel. Number two, it brings um, students. 
there'll be about 250 uh, students that are majoring in hospitality, restaurant, and tourism management that will have the bulk of their classes out here. We'll have several others that will be involved in minors that will be coming out here. Uh, it creates for the university a proximity between the commercial teaching kitchen that's going to be a part of this facility for HRTM and our food science and nutrition department. So it creates greater synergy um, in all things culinary and food science. And then I think finally it brings amenities to the campus. Uh, we're going to have a full service restaurant. We're going to have a rooftop uh, bar and lounge with a private dining room. You know, it's going to be six stories, so that's going to be pretty dramatic. Um, and then we're going to have a fitness facility. And unlike most hotel fitness facilities, this will have a separate entrance. It'll have shower rooms. And so people that work on Innovation Campus can buy memberships to the fitness facility and go in and work out over their lunch hour and things. So it, it brings a tremendous amount to the campus. And Dan also said this hotel is just one more example of the university fulfilling its land-grant mission. Everything we do out here, we try to incorporate some part of the university in with private development. And, uh, you know, the expression of, of extending beyond the state, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but the hospitality industry is the third largest industry in Nebraska. And there's a huge demand for our students all across the state to run run facilities uh, in the state and the region. And you just saw with Sydney uh, what kind of students they're attracting in, into the program. And finally, Clint Runge of Arch Rivals said that each room will be named after a different Nebraskan, both well-known and everyday individuals. Construction is scheduled to be complete in the fall of 2021, and we have pictures of what the scarlet will look like, plus construction progress at ruralradio.com. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio. Playpen on the Rural Radio Network. Time to talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. And John, corn is our lagger today, but wheat from the leader to the downside yesterday comes back around today. Is this more of a technical formation or a fundamental move? Uh, well, I think just short covering here. You know, I, I really think the key to watching wheat would be chicken out to Minneapolis. Um, that'll be more of, I think, a determining factor in the short run. Uh, just weather up there, you know, we're coming into a critical part of their growing season. So today it got a bump up, you know, two cents and off its low by about 15. Um, but for, I think we got to get through the delivery report. We get some clear momentum here, especially given that corn prices look that they kind of look like they've made their move for now. Maybe a little, I mean, I'm, I'm always surprised. So certainly wouldn't be shocked to see a rally given what, uh, what we're going to see here in the next couple of days in Iowa. But, um, I just I think you know we're we're squeezed with time, so the the market's going to get supply, and uh, you know the buy side knows this. So when you look at the spreads, 15 cents between September and December shows no urgency there, and I doubt we see much more uh, much more bullishness besides short covering on weather. You know, we also see coming in, we're about two weeks away from that first delivery day notice. Will this follow that pattern that 2020 has set up, and maybe be more of a sell signal through that? Uh, well, that's been the trend. So if you listen to this spot every day, you know, that'll be what I talk about. In tight markets, you tend to see the market perform in time periods. 
regardless of what's going on in Iowa, we can we can agree that uh, you know we're both in a big supply market in both corn and beans. Uh, regardless of Chinese buying, there really isn't a whole lot of panic that needs to take place in regards to short supply. So that comes down to storage. It comes down to you know putting supply away while the demand side kind of rests a little bit here and sees what the you know the fourth quarter looks like at this point. Um, you know, the U.S. still faces heavy, heavy, heavy currency pressure from Argentina and Brazil. That hasn't changed. So I just look for seasonals to take over here. And if that's the play, the play would be to sell. Um, you know, I look at March. March and May, May futures make the most sense to me on corn, just given that you, you can pick up some carry here. Uh, 15 cents, you know, you're almost getting 350, $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3